The Teardown is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the race starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real-time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. I know me personally, I'm going to be in Indianapolis this week and New York City this week, so I might be looking for some sports games or theater tickets to go to, and GameTime has all of that. Music, theater, sports, all that stuff. And it's simple, quick, and easy to navigate. So download the GameTime app in the Google Play or the App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Teardown. This is the off-season podcast on the Athletic. I would normally say the postseason, post-race podcast, but uh, there's no races right now. It's been a week since we last came to you from Homestead Miami Speedway, and now I'm so far away from my co-host Jordan Bianchi. Jordan, it's painful to be this far away from you, but how are you doing? It's good. No one has ever said that before, so thank you. <laughs> wow. Okay. I feel like we just uh, we just took it took a, a picture into your life here a window into your life yeah, that I, mean, I i feel sad about but uh i i do miss you jordan uh it's it's weird to not have any races this weekend but of course um i think we still kept ourselves fairly busy in this first week of the off season and we're we're you know we're going to keep doing this podcast i know a lot of the other podcasts uh nascar podcasts out there have dropped off the face of the earth once the off season started uh i believe no more dale jr download no more door bumper clear the uh, Sunday Money with Corey LaJoy is done for the year. All that stuff. And those are some of my favorite podcasts I listen to. But we're going to keep ours going because why not? We have nothing better to do, right? <laughs> that's really that's honestly about it. We've got nothing else to do during the offseason. And it actually feels much longer than a week ago that we were at Homestead Miami Speedway celebrating uh, Kyle Busch winning a championship. It, it feels like weeks ago. Uh, maybe it's because of the news of the week and everything that happened with that. But it feels like a, a good while ago that the season ended. What do you mean celebrating? Kyle Busch didn't even celebrate that much. No, I'm just kidding. He that's did. He good, did. That's he a good did. Point. <laughs> he and you know, he was just shocked. He was shell shocked. We we touched on that last week and everything. But anyway, yeah. So yeah, it, it's been busy. Uh, I know for one thing, um, you were called into duty. You you flew back from Florida. And next thing you know, you're going to a a press conference. It's one of the more um, high-profile press conferences of the last few years because the Jimmy Johnson news sort of, I don't know, I wouldn't say fell out of the sky necessarily, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure I expected it at that point based on Ex- like a week ago, or I feel like within the last few weeks he was like, oh, yeah, you know, I know I know, Rick will want to know, you know, early next season kind of thing, but, you know, I, I still want to race for a few more years. I mean, am I wrong about this? Did he not say that? No, not at all. I wasn't surprised that he's retiring. I was surprised at the timing of the announcement, if that makes sense. If you look at it, Gordon announced he was retiring in early January. Carl Edwards announced in early January as well. I thought, you know, listening to what Jimmy had said, he said, you know, I was going to talk to my family. I got to talk to Rick and then I'm going to make a decision. I kind of got the sense that the season would end and these conversations would go on. And I kind of thought maybe after the holidays, maybe around the banquet, maybe sometime in January would be the announcement if there was going to be one. And I kind of thought there would be, but then it came out of, it kind of came out of nowhere. Like 
this is the announcement <laughs> and it's going to happen today or the announcement's going to the announcements today and the press conferences and uh, tomorrow. So uh, that was, that was surprising to me, just not him retiring, but it, it did come together really fast. And then listening to Jimmy talk on Thursday at the press conference at Hendrick Motorsports, this had been going on for some time. He had, you know, he had been having conversations with Jeff Gordon for a good while, and he had talked to Mark Martin and Rusty Wallace and Dale Jr. about the process and how they kind of went through it and how they made their decision. And he made the decision and told Rick three weeks ago on October 30th. He sat down at Rick Hendricks' house and had a conversation with him and told him it was over. So it's been decided for some time. It. It's again not a surprise, just kind of the timing of it just kind of came, you know, a little bit of a out of left field. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it, if you take a, a step back and look at it overall, um, I mean, this had seemed to be the plan for for like a few years now. I remember, um, like Casey Mears, I believe, had commented on one of Jimmy's Instagram posts or something, uh, like a year ago or something, where where he says. Oh yeah, well you know after you retire in you know twenty one like he he made it you know um, like he gave the exact year in the plan or something it, it, I can't remember where where I saw this I think it was on Instagram but it was like oh it sounds like he has you know sort of an exit plan and I, I'll take Jimmy at his word though that that he you know kind of came to a conclusion during this season and it felt obvious to him and that he was still open to it but um, you know everything he kept saying though it kind of made you doubt it like. Oh, you know, I, I, I could race, you know, I still feel competitive. I'm not done yet, all that stuff. And then, you know, ultimately it's like, yeah, no, th- this is, you know, I'm going to do one more year and be, be out of this. And, and I, I do understand also that, you know, he said that the, you know, the car and how the, the packages and the new car that, that didn't necessarily weigh on him or have a lot to do with it. It was other factors, but I mean, that had to be somewhere in his mind, right? Yeah, I, I mean, he, he, you know, he was asked specifically, you know, had the last two years and not winning a race been a factor, and he w- he was incredibly adamant, very direct that that wasn't a factor. You know, you take him in, you have no reason to but take him at his word that that wasn't a factor. But I, I think it is frustrating when you compete at such a high level for such a long time and you're not having that success. You know, it, the one thing I kept going back to is he kept talking about the grind of the season. You know, it's 38 weeks of the year. And I think when you have to go through that grind, and he didn't really want to go through the grind, the competitiveness is still there. He still wants to race. He still wants to do this. He's still going to be racing just in a different way. It was just, did he want to put himself through this 38 times a year? And if you're not as competitive as you once were, yeah, I, I think that does factor in as saying, hey, do I want to continue to go through this when I'm maybe not as enjoying myself as much as I once did? So. I think when you start considering all these different factors and that, you know, and I think you consider the car and the package and everything that goes along with it, I think it's understandable why he reached this conclusion of when he did. Well, yeah. And I think, you know, in addition, he says that, oh yeah, we're, you know, this is, you know, I'm not retiring yet because we're going to go out and we're going to win races next year and we're going to win, we're going to, you know, contend for the title and all that stuff. But somewhere in the back of his mind, he has to know Hendrick is you know, still going to be behind when they start next year. Gibbs is mm-hmm. still going to be the dominant team. Uh, it's the same rules package. I mean, I know they might change it, change it up on the short tracks a little bit, but you know, it's, it's still going to be like a Gibbs SHR Penske world more than a Hendrick world. And so if I'm Jimmy, I'm looking at it and going, man, okay, not only is it one more year, but it's going to be a year where we're not going to be the best team. You know, we might be able mm-hmm. to 
scrape out a few wins if you know everything falls our way. But we're not going to be in position. I, I, you know, unless he's just really, really optimistic and and just doesn't, you know, and and truly believes that Cliff Daniels and Hendrick in, in general is going to turn things around. But I, I just I don't see a ton of optimism. There's they're suddenly going to break through. There there was that Hendrick sort of surge in July, you know, around the time Alex Bowman won Chicagoland, and then we didn't really, you know, you had Chase a little bit, but didn't really hear from them a ton. No, it, it was a roller coaster year. I mean, they had weeks where they looked very competitive, and then they had weeks where they didn't look competitive. I mean, William Byron at times, especially late in the year, looked like he was going to break through and win a race. He finished second in Martinsville. And, you know, speaking with Jeff Gordon on Thursday at the press conference announcement, you know, he was kind of asked about competitiveness of Hendrick and go, going forward. And he said, you know, we haven't done a good job these last few years of giving Jimmy Johnson adequate equipment and Hendrick Motorsports has had its issues. So you, you bring up a really good point though about next year. You know, what is the focus next year if you're Hendrick Motorsports? The rules package is the same. You can only do so much to these cars. Chevrolet is going to bring a different nose next year and that, that, that may help a little bit. But if you're Hendrick, are you really focused on 2020? Are you more, more focused on 2021 and everything that that's going to bring with the new car? And maybe as that is the opportunity to kind of regain your competitiveness to the level that you're used to. I'm really curious on how teams, not just Hendrick, but across the board, uh, address next year because do you, do you care about 2020? Or is your big picture focus on what's going to happen in 2021 and beyond? And talking to people in the garage, it seems like you said, Jeff, it's going to be much the same where you, you kind of get the sense the teams that dominated this year are probably going to dominate again next year because this package isn't going to change any. So, if you're Jimmy Johnson and you're looking at this, it's got to be a frustrating thing of saying, hey, there's maybe not a road here for us to be better than what we were. Or if we can get better, it's not going to be significantly better. And for a guy who, as competitive as he is, for as long as he's done this at a high level, that's just not something you maybe want to endure. It's it's really interesting. I mean, next year is going to bring so many unknowns. Um, and, and how teams approach it, is is a major thing too and i i agree with you and um you know i i can't remember who i was talking to at homestead so so apologies if if this was even you i was having a conversation with somebody and they said what are teams gonna do um toward the end of you know in the playoffs next year for instance i mean let alone jimmy's retirement but like for instance are teams gonna be building a new car to bring to the last you know to to phoenix um, to bring to Martinsville? Are they going to be bringing their best stuff? Or are they going to be like, look, we're just trying to get rid of our inventory at this point. We're, we're using cars that we built in July. You know, because they're not going to need those cars after Phoenix next year. Uh, Phoenix finale, that is. So how do you approach the entire season is going to be a very interesting thing. Um, and you're right. I, I mean, I could see Hendrick in general going, especially, you know, if they're not running for a championship, like, hey, we're... We're kind of turning our yeah. We're, we're going to play out this season. We we need to really focus on this next car. Sorry, Jimmy. I mean, we can't really put our full effort right right now into uh, into going for this if they're not in the title race. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's the thing. It could change. You could start the season saying, "Hey, we're going to go all in this season, and we're going to try to to win races in the championship." But if you come out of the gate slow and the speed's not there and the results aren't there, and by mid season all of a sudden you're looking around going, "Well." 2020 is a lost cause. There's nothing we can really do to salvage this. Let's just turn our attention to, to next year. 
it's going to be fascinating. Like you said, how these teams go about it, 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 this is an opportunity for maybe some smaller teams to kind of uh, make some gains next year and maybe leapfrog some teams that aren't paying attention to what's going on right now and they're looking down the road. And also maybe an opportunity for these smaller teams to kind of maybe get ahead a little bit as they work to t- towards 2021 as some of these bigger teams maybe pay more attention to what's going on next season. Uh, it is an interesting time, and I don't remember ever a time like this when you've kind of got this cross-pollination of two different eras and, and maybe some competing agendas and how you approach this. It's how teams handle this and, and the different strategies that they go about, I, I think, is going to go a long way towards dictating who is competitive next year and who's competitive in the years after that. Was there any talk, I mean, um, at the press conference or afterwards or whatever, um, where, you know, because like Kurt Busch, I believe, said, hey, you know, I, I want to keep racing so I can spend at least one year driving the new car. I wanted to see what that was like. Jimmy is ducking out before he's going to ever have a chance to drive that car, right? So um, is it because Kurt, you know, thinks he wants to do TV or something and 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 Jimmy has no interest? Like, why, why do you think Jimmy wouldn't want to be like, hey, I at least want to see what that car is all about? Um, or maybe he just doesn't want to do a new car in his, in his final year. Yeah. And that's a good question. And something I've kind of been wondering about myself is I haven't heard too much about what Jimmy Johnson wants to do post NASCAR career. I mean, I've heard that he's going to, you know, he's going to be a father. He's going to be a full-time father. He's going to do some one-offs here and there. You know, you could look for him in the sports car stuff, probably do 24 hours of Daytona. You might see him do some off-road truck stuff. But in terms of television, it is an avenue I haven't heard anything about. And you mentioned Kurt. Kevin Harvick's another driver, too. And and I've heard stuff from people that are very close to Kevin saying that Kevin has kind of pushed off retirement a little bit because he wants to drive the new car in 2021 when he does make that eventual transition to the broadcast booth, which we all kind of, you know, we kind of think is going to happen and it's something that he has said he's interested in doing is he wants to be able to talk about the car knowledgeably and, and have a feel for it. And Curtis said the same thing. Jimmy has never said that he really wants to do television. I, I think he'd be very good. I think he's very glib. I think really? Very wait, insightful. wait, 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 hold on. Hold on. You think he'd be good? Cause personally I don't, I don't. I, you, why is that? I, I, I really think he'd be good. I think he's very smart. I think he's got a good personality. I think he explains things really well. I think he has to be in the right format, in the right structure. And I don't know if I'd put him in the broadcast booth calling races. I think he'd be more of a studio guy. But I think he could be very good if you surround him with the right people. Why do you think otherwise? I just don't see him. First of all, I don't see him being critical. Um you know, I, I I think he's usually a kind of a guy who's going to try to take the positives and not really point out, um, you know, a, a critique of somebody else. Um, second of all, I just don't think like he's that quotable. I mean, over his career, we've seen, um, you know, even in this press conference the other day, it, it was sort of like the uh, compartmentalized Jimmy. I mean, it, it, until the very end, um, he finally showed almost a little bit of emotion where it was like, I, you know, he's like almost going to cry, but you know, with his daughters up there, everything like that, like everybody trying to ask questions that you think would, would evoke some emotion and you just don't get it from him. I mean, and it's not that he's, you know, I'm not saying that that's bad in any way. And as far as like him, him as a human, it's just, you know, on TV, you sort of need something else. You need sort of like that extra gear of energy or, or being willing to tell it like it is or whatever. And so I just don't think I just, I can't see him being great at that, I guess. 
Yeah, that, that's interesting. And, and I hear what you're saying about him being too positive. And I, and I only will say this is that there are quite a few broadcasters um, currently, and I'm not naming names, who I think are overly positive and not willing to be negative. I think I just think that if Jimmy's in the right format, I think there's an opportunity for him to kind of share his expertise. I, I think he'd be good. I really do. I think he's got a personality. I think his kind of the the persona he has on Twitter a little bit we've seen over the last few years where he's kind of made some he can, he's not willing he's willing to kind of go after fans a little bit you know the I'm not done jackass comment I like that Jimmy Johnson and I think if you can get that Jimmy Johnson out I think he'd be very good um Jordan you know this uh this this ad read that we were about to do here got a lot of a lot of conversation going last week um now if if you're a subscriber to the athletic first of all you can spare yourself from this from all ads because on the athletic platform uh this podcast has no ads but um this free version of the teardown that you're listening to here on itunes or wherever else you're getting the ads we're talking about game time at the beginning and now we're talking about roman you remember this ad from last week jordan i'm just gonna sit here and listen to you sell me on this wonderful product listen jordan i feel just fine about this uh, product because personally I think there's a lot of people out there who could use it and we wouldn't know I mean it's not something you talk about and we're talking about erectile dysfunction here it's not easy to talk about it I wouldn't know if people have it it's not like you even talk about it with your friends I wouldn't think um, I you know seeing in this ad read that people just brush it off or blame themselves and they say I lost my mojo had a long day at work I'm just not feeling it tonight but really they have stuff going on and they don't want to go see a doctor it's just it's just embarrassing like they're they have this problem and they don't know what to do can't talk to anybody about it but with Roman it's easy to talk about it with a real doctor who can prescribe real medication it's simple safe totally discreet so here's how it works. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. Jordan, you don't have to go to the doctor and even talk to this person. In like you can, it's all online. You know what I'm saying? Are you still there? You're listening to me. I, I'm listening. I, you, you're selling me. Keep going. The doctor is going to work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping, and it's simple, straightforward discreet so you don't even have to worry about like seeing another human like this is how i would like to order everything in life you know amazon pizza and if i needed them which i don't thankfully but some people do ed stuff okay this is something that is affects a lot of people jordan so if you just go to roman.com slash teardown and get a free online visit and free two-day shipping roman.com slash teardown free visit to get started that's roman.com slash teardown. All right, Jordan. So that was the Jimmy Johnson portion and the Jimmy portion of our show. Uh, hope you, you, did you like that transition there? That was, that was good. That was very good. I'm trying not to okay. say anything bad. <laughs> I don't want to get fired. I, I want you to chime in. You're, you know, please feel free. You're the co-host of the show. So, I mean, you know, I, I can't, you know, don't just leave me out on a limb here. No, you're the star. The... You're you're the star. I'm just the the sidekick, and my goal is just not to get fired. <laughs> where where does it say in the teardown that I'm the star and you're the sidekick? Nowhere. I'm sure nowhere. it's is somewhere this... in their contracts. It says that. No, no, it is. Look, I I just looked. <laughs> I just looked. It doesn't say that. And this is not the Untitled Jeff Gluck podcast. This is the teardown. 
uh, it, it's an equal equal thing here, Jordan. So all right, all right. next time, next week, if if you guys are listening, Jordan is going to help me out with that. Uh, <clears throat> but thank you to all those who chimed in about that uh, last week, and um, you know, I, I saw on the uh, the Facebook group that I used to have uh, with the untitled Facebook group from my my old patrons that they they got quite a kick out of that there. So anyway, we're moving on now. Um. So, uh, some something else. I don't think we got to talk about uh, the Suarez stuff yet, right? No, we uh, did not talk about Daniel Suarez in our last podcast. Yeah, so let's do that now. Um, Daniel Suarez, here we go. I mean, it's like, um, you know, I think the guy handled himself really well um, in dealing with the news, but suddenly he's, you know, out of a ride for the second year in a row, and he has a lot of money. Uh, in terms of backers. So I think it's a real big question of, of where he's going to end up. Um, you know, people are saying Jordan that he's got $6 million to take with him to a team. Um, and so that could buy quite a decent, um, cup ride perhaps, or get you started with a cup team, but what else is out there? Or you could go to Xfinity, but the word on the street is that he's not really, um, interested in doing Xfinity. Um, I don't know where, where do you think that he ends up in all of this? That's a really good question. And it depends on what he wants to do. I mean, if he, he's, you know, like you said, the word on the street is he wants to stay in the cup series. If you look around right now on the cup side, which competitive rides are open where he can hop in and, and you know, kind of establish himself. Frankly, there's not, I mean, there's not a team that he can jump into and you can say, okay, he can go out and run, you know, top five, top 10 and get some good finishes. I mean, there's potentially an open ride at Front Row Motorsports, though. What I've been told is that they're looking at going from three cars to two full car, two, two from three cars to two teams next year. One of those drivers would be John Hunter Nemechek, and they're working towards a contract with Michael McDowell. So that's two right. Their two seats are filled now. If Daniel's bringing money over there, they certainly could maybe you know remain at three cars, but I, I just I, that's not feasible. I, I don't think it's feasible from what I've heard from people I've talked to. It, it sounds like Front Row Motorsports has kind of has their path set up. And Jerry Freeze, the general manager over there, has said to me that they have not had conversations with Daniel Suarez's people yet. Um, they are interested if Suarez is interested, but the interest is not there. You know, another option is Go Fast Racing. They, you know, we continue to hear that Go Fast is close to sign, re-signing Corey LaJoy, who's done a very good job with that team this year. He still doesn't have a contract, and so the longer he goes without a contract, and Suarez is out there with this with this money behind him, you know maybe that's an intriguing option. And the fact that Go Fast is a is a technical partner of Stuart Haas Racing, um, Suarez is still very much loved by the Stuart Haas Racing people, or at least most of the people on that side of the the organization. They kind of wanted to see him stay, or a lot of them did. Um, maybe that's an option, but again, that's not a viable option if he he wants to be competitive you know what he needs to do is figure out a spot where he can go and and establish himself you know hopping from ride to ride and again it's not necessarily his fault but hopping from ride to ride is 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 tough for his career you you want to establish yourself and and can build you know some relationships and especially long term that that's the key to success in, in nascar and I just don't see a spot for him right now where he can do that. He, you know, I, so looking at it, the best thing for him to do is maybe find the most competitive team he can do 
Um, I know he says the Xfinity series is not something he wants to do, but if you can go to the Xfinity series with a Stuart Haas racing or Richard Childers racing, which are two teams that he's been you know rumored to have been talking to. And Richard Childers has said that they've had conversations. Maybe you go there. You, you kind of reestablish yourself a little bit, win some races, maybe contend for a championship. And you know, 2021 is, is going to be a very good time. If you're a, a top level driver who has shown that you can win races because there are going to be some big rides open. We already know that the 48 is open at Hendrick Motorsports. You look around a little bit and there's a lot of free agents across the board. If you can go out there, if you're Daniel Suarez and establish that you can, you, you deserve a seat with a top team. You, you have this opportunity. That's what you need to do in 2020. I, I don't know where I'd want to go if I'm him, but my number one decision-making, the number one thing I think of when I make a decision is where can I establish myself for 2021 and to make the biggest impression possible? You know, there's a comment that Suarez made. It was either at Phoenix or Homestead, and he basically said, um, I think it was maybe at Phoenix, like, hey, you know, if this if this all doesn't work out, you know, okay, what's the worst that can happen? I go back to Mexico and I work on old cars, you know? And I think he's kind of at that point where he doesn't really, I don't really think he wants to take a step backwards. Like, you know, I, we had heard that he's not really interested that much in Xfinity. And I also have heard that he's not really interested in the, you know, like the front row kind of ride or the go fast kind of ride. That's too much of a step back in where he's been. I mean, he's been at Gibbs and SHR the last two years. And then all of a sudden, you know, you'd, you'd go to like the 32 or the, you know, one of the, you know, I just, I can't see that as a, like, why would you do that? You know what no, I mean? I, like I it's, it. yeah, yeah. So I, just for his career, you know, maybe he, maybe he looks at it and he's just like, Hey, you know, if there's not anything here, maybe I just go home. I mean, and I don't think that's the worst thing ever. You know, maybe you can, you can always come back. Uh, but I think it would almost sully your reputation too much from where he'd been running. Cause there's, there's really no winning, you know, there's winning if you're a Corey LaJoy or you're a Ross Chastain or a guy like that who, or a Landon Castle who's sort of outperforming his equipment. But if you're, you've been in a good ride already and then you go back to that level of, of the garage, I don't think there's any, anybody's going, Oh yeah, that guy's really proven himself. You know, you're, they already have seen what you can do in decent stuff. So it's, there's no mystery. So I don't know, man. I just, uh, I, I don't know, you know, Maybe maybe you you get creative with that money because a lot of cup teams would like to say okay hey you know also hey well maybe we'll add an extra team here you know you you can bring us six million bucks we can try to fill in some more sponsorship all of a sudden we we can get an extra team going so maybe we'll start a car for you you know what I mean maybe that's that's the option but um, yeah I don't know um, as far as Lejoy um, I actually do have some insight on that and. Uh, by the time you're listening to this podcast, it's probably going to be out um, Monday morning. Um, if you're listening to this Sunday night, Monday morning of Thanksgiving week, I'm running an interview with him that I did. I'm going to be doing a series on the athletic this year or this off season called catching up with where I'm talking to different drivers. And LaJoy was very f- forthcoming and Frank about his situation and um, all that goes into uh, the off season on that, that side of the garage and how uh, tense it is how it revolves, revolves around money. So I don't want to spoil it too much, um, but for you subscribers, just log on real quick to The Athletic. Um, for those of you who aren't subscribers, this is the last week for the 40% off deal that we've been running. 
And you can go to theathletic.com slash green flag to get that 40% off deal and read stories like that. Stories will have all this off season off off season. Um, I don't know what off season is Jordan. Is that, is that a new thing? Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's definitely the off season. <laughs> you can tell. Yeah. yeah. Um, anything else you want to talk about from this week? You know, I know that there was a bunch of little bits of news happening. You know, GMS Racing, as expected, shut down their Xfinity team. So John Hunter Neiman check out of a ride. But as you mentioned, it sounds like he's going to go to Cup. Um, any other stuff that you're like, oh, okay, that was interesting this week? No, I mean, GMS Racing, they're shutting down their Xfinity Series team. They continue to add drivers to their Truck Series lineup. Um, Stuart Friesen, who made the final four in the truck series has, has made comments publicly that he's got some news that he's going to announce. And it doesn't sound as if, uh, he's going to be back in the truck series on a full-time basis at least. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, I think what do you GMS... think of their Xfinity, right? Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. No, no, no. I, I, you don't, don't say sorry. I'm just saying you're, you're reading into that, that he's moving up to Xfinity. Yeah. I, I, I've, I've heard different things. I, I just, I'm not, I don't feel confident to say 100% one way, but I do think you're going to see him in Xfinity at least on a regular basis, if not a full time basis. Gotcha. Well, it'd be interesting to see how he does there. Um, what else? What else there? Well, I, honestly, I think this is just, you, you had Homestead ending, you had the Jimmy Johnson news last week, and I think coming now into the holidays, this is going to be the first time where it does kind of NASCAR quiets down a little bit, and it's going to be interesting to see what the focus is in the industry, in the offseason. It seems like each offseason there's kind of an emphasis on, on the, you know, the, whether it's the marketing side, whether it's on track. You know, last year it was all about the, the arrows package. What is this offseason going to be about? Is it going to be all about 2021 and everything that goes on? Or is there going to be a focus on 2020, kind of like we, like we talked about earlier? This, this NASCAR is very much in a transition right now. And how things, the decisions that are made, I think, in the coming weeks and months are, are going to have long-term ramifications. And there's still a lot to be decided. And another thing to keep your eye on is NASCAR President Steve Phelps said this at his year-end address. Um, NASCAR is going to unveil at least partially it, the, the sponsorship of the cup series and how their new sponsorship model, I should say, and how they're going to do that. They're going to do that at uh, a little bit at Vegas or not Vegas. It's not Vegas anymore. Is it? it's Nashville. And so that's going to be interesting to see how that comes together. I've heard a lot of different things, a lot of skepticism on whether this is going to be a success or not. So I'll be very curious to see what Na uh, NASCAR has to say in a couple weeks in Nashville. Jordan, of course, um, we talk about the was it a good race poll. I finished the season, I have to tell you, by nailing the was it a good race poll at Homestead. I got, I said that it would be 30%, and it was, Jordan. So um, sorry about that, that you went on, on a losing note for that. But you have one more shot here because the polls are not over. Did you know this? <laughs> I did not know. <laughs> no. This is this is your shot at redemption, and if you win this, you will be able to carry this into the entire off season. <laughs> I feel like I'm on a game show here. Yes, this is like your, you know, you thought you lost the game show, but you have one more chance. So, okay, here's the poll. Here's the question that we're going to predict because I'm doing this poll, um, on monday or monday into tuesday i guess of this week of this thanksgiving week the last two years i've asked was this season a good season 
Um, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but I believe that um, two years ago, it was about 70-something percent said it was a good season, and then last year, it was like 60, high 60s. So that's your background there. I, I could be totally misleading you, and that would really mess you up. But when I ask people, uh, was this a good season on Twitter, how how are people going to vote? What what is your prediction? You you want you want to go first? You want me to go first? I'll let you go first. I have a, I have a I'm I have very strong feelings on this. So I don't think people are going to think it was a good season overall. Um, you know I think people are people thought that yeah maybe the intermediates are improved as we talked about a zillion times, but obviously the short tracks were not, and um, that they were hurt. And then they didn't like people are not going to be happy with how champion turned out, with how Homestead turned out, with how Phoenix turned out. Two duds of races to end the season, um, a predictable final four, a team, a, a dominant season by Joe Gibbs Racing where they won 19 out of the 36 races. So I just I don't think people are going to think it was a good season, but I think it'll it won't be terrible. Like I don't think it'd be below 50 percent, but I think it'll be definitely lower than last year. So I'm going to go ahead and say that 59% of people will say that it was a good season. What say wow. you? I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I think expectations for this arrow package were really high. Um, your video that you shot at the Las Vegas test back in January, was it? February? January, yep. January had a lot of people excited by what they were going to see. And I think while the racing overall certainly was better on the mile and a half racetracks compared to what it had been. Um, there's still a level of frustration that it's not, it, it's not the quality that people want. And then when you factor in that the short tracks, the, the short track races, the road courses, um, the action more often than not left a little bit to be desired. There wasn't the kind of excitement that you typically see at those races. Uh, you had the same guys dominate over and over again. You had one team dominate over and over again. Three of the four drivers in the, the final four were from, were teammates. I, I just don't get the sense that people are going to look back on this season with a lot of warm and fuzzy feelings. I would say 45% if I had to vote in the poll. Wow, 45%. So pretty low, pretty low. All right. Well, we'll see what happens with that. That'll be very interesting to see um, how people view that and how it compares to the previous two seasons where I asked that question. Um, let's talk about what's coming up next, Jordan. We're going back to the future uh, in our next episode of the Teardown because we recorded the next episode already. We recorded it before this episode when we were still in person in Miami and we talked about um, the best of the decade. Uh, there's a there's a whole thing on the athletic called the Blitz where they're going to be talking about the best of the decade, and so we did a podcast theme where we talked about the best playoff systems of the last decade, and we you know there's three distinct well kind of distinct systems, sort of two and a half. All right, anyway, we talked about them at Homestead. We recorded that podcast. It's already in the can because Thanksgiving's coming up, and I believe that that podcast drops on Friday. That will be under the Teardown banner, so right here in the same feed for you, um, and you'll be able to listen to that. So no problem there. Uh, that will be the next episode. And then after that, we'll be back with a more uh, live current events one the week after Thanksgiving, and we'll be talking to you about things. I guess the banquet stuff will be going on, so maybe some drivers will talk. There will probably be some more news between now and then. So um, I guess until then, 
you can catch up on some of our old podcasts. I mean, we've got the teardowns that you can listen to on your drive if you're going somewhere for Thanksgiving this week. Uh, also got my 12 questions podcast that are not free, but if you're an athletic subscriber, catch up on those. That are, those are on the athletic platform. Be a good time to binge on those um, through the season and catch up on some of your favorites going back to May on that. So Jordan, any, any final words? Are you going to have a, a fun uh, Thanksgiving or anything like that? I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving. Unlike Christmas, it's actually a holiday I enjoy. I know you're going to give me a lot of hard grief for that, but that's okay. Um, but I'm looking forward to the. I'm looking. Go ahead. Go ahead. You can criticize me. I know what you're going to say. Well, I mean, you you know, the you're, this is somewhat of an inside joke here, but I mean, Jordan is is talking to me at, at Homestead about how he's like the, the living Grinch and he doesn't like Christmas. So, um, you you feel free. It's it's Jordan underscore Bianchi anti-Christmas Jordan here, but, uh, no, yeah, just kidding. Anyway, well, I'm not kidding, but Jordan, uh, you're saying <laughs> you, you do like Thanksgiving. It's, it's nice to hear that you have a heart for Thanksgiving. I do. You know why? Cause I don't have to go shop for Christmas presents. That's why if we start giving gifts on Thanksgiving, then I'm going to start hating it. Okay. So you like to eat the food. You don't have to get anybody anything, you know, yeah. you have to act thankful. Uh, and that's it. Yeah, that's it. And I get to see my family and they kind of tolerate me. So it's perfect. Okay. The the people who do tolerate you, the people who may miss you aside from me, you're saying, um, that's, that's nice that you're spending time with them. Well, I'm off to, uh, Indianapolis with the old in-laws. Well, not that they're old. I mean, I don't want to make it like go. that. Way but, to insult know. them. That's good. <laughs> they love you. <laughs> the in-laws and that uh, side of, uh, my wife, Sarah's family. And then, Big, big time. Uh, the day after Thanksgiving, I'm flying to New York for Mr. Bob Pockers's wedding. So that is going to be a foam party where uh, throwdown in in uh, NYC there, uh, Bob Bob's bash. So that's uh, I'll be able to tell you about that on the next podcast as well. I look for you. What I would do is maybe you could get like some, maybe you could do a podcast there, a live podcast from the wedding. Cause I would like to actually see the inside of count, the, the inside account of what happened because talking to Bob about his wedding plans, I, I, I feel really bad for him. And he reinforces my belief that, uh, man, marriage. I just tell you, that's all I'm going to say. Jordan Bianchi, everybody down on, uh, down on Christmas, down on marriage. I can also tell you also down on babies, so, um, yes, this is, uh, this is, this is my guy here, but I still miss you, Jordan. And I hope you have a wonderful, uh, Thanksgiving. Hope everybody out there has a great Thanksgiving as well. And we will talk to you next time on the teardown.